Hello and welcome to HBC's M5 Podcast. It's that time every week where we talk about the music, the ministry, the mission, yesterday's message, and anything else that is on your mind. And I am your host, John Wilson, and I'm here as always with our audio engineer extraordinaire, Miss Becca Smith, and our special guest today, Mr. Kevin Bragg. Kevin, say hello to the folks. Good morning. Hello, folks. Good to hear you. Good to see you. I mean... Yeah, yeah, it's good to be here. I mean, yeah, they can hear they can hear you, and we're going to take a picture of this, and then they'll be able to see there you. There you go. But you can neither hear nor see them. No, so. I, need, I need more coffee. Sorry, <laughs> but, but that's all right. Well, you know, back by popular demand. You know, the other week we we got into talking a little bit about uh, the music here at Hepsiba, and I thought it would just be fun to to dive into that conversation. Uh, a little bit more. And so that's that's what we're going to do the majority of this podcast. Before we do that, I, I just wanted to hop into just a few things because it was a busy, it was a busy weekend it's around here. Weekend. It was a great weekend, but there was so much going on. And I think depending on which parts of that, you know, folks are involved in, they may not recognize mm-hmm. all of the things that uh, that went on this weekend. So it started it started Friday with our uh, with our men's weekend. Great turnout. Yes, we had a great group and it was so wonderful to see members and men from uh, all of our churches to see Middlesex represented, to see Bridgepoint, to see Shine, and to see Hepzibah, and to actually hear from the pastors. Mm. Uh, I mean, we didn't hear from Aaron, but, you know, we hear from him a lot. Uh, but to hear from Austin and and, and Jason and Josh uh, through the weekend, it was really, really good. I think everybody really enjoyed the weekend. Yeah, it was neat to see, you know, just as the, and for those of you guys that don't know, the keynote speakers for the weekend were were those mm-hmm. folks. So our all of our main sessions were led each by uh, one of them. And I think for me personally, like as we talked about this topic of holiness, it was it was just wonderful to watch you know all three of them teach in their unique ways mm-hmm. and and yes. they're so and they're so different um and, and there's just special things about all of them there's special things about what they draw out of the word and yeah. uh, and and the application that they try to help provide for the men in the room it was just neat to to be able to listen to all of them and then to be there in fellowship with yeah. you know all of the other churches and then of course the breakout sessions on uh, on Saturday, we're fantastic, and I, I, we're just blessed to have so many people that um, are just gifted teachers and that care so much about yes. just pouring into the lives of uh, of men. What was? Did you have a highlight from the weekend? I'll be honest with you. I think there is just something. Uh, you know, we can say, well, you know, we can gather around teaching. We can have times of worship. We can have these these breakout type topics like any time. But it's just like a mission trip. When we're always on mission, but when there is that designated time to just be able to say, "Hey, this is the focus for the number of hours or days or whatever," to watch the guys now. Now, so so we had. I had no responsibility when it came to worship. Uh, Nate and Lincoln and Eric had put together the worship sets and were leading, and so I was at the back of the room able to worship, but then also able to watch our guys worship, mm. to see our guys worship. And that was precious. That was sweet. Um, and it's just different on, a, on an event like this where you get to just kind of focus your mind for an evening, for a morning, and you're not worried about, oh, I've got to get to this connect group or I've got to get to this meeting or I've got to get to the next thing uh, and just be there, be present I think that was one of the one of the best things for me, and to see our guys engaged. This is the first time we ever did breakout sessions. 
And so to see our guys uh, intentionally go into these groups, engage, ask questions. Um, one of the things I think we are going to do, um, Blake and I were talking about offering some of these breakout topics in coming weeks when we finish like the Daniel study. Yeah. I know our ladies did that last year. Uh, for those that maybe could not be here for the event or those that want to revisit that, because we don't record those things. Uh, some of them are, you know, like the stronghold session. You, we're not going to record that. But to be able to say, hey, we're going to talk about this again. Come and be a part of that. So I hope that that's on our horizon. And so I would just encourage everybody, all of our guys, be on the lookout for more details in the coming days uh, as we wrap up the Wednesday night's Daniel study. Uh, I know we talked about at some point we're going to do the book, The Pursuit of Holiness by yeah. Jerry Bridges. And so we're going to continue in this because it really is holiness. It, it's, it's a starting point uh, for where we are to be able to walk out the rest of our mission, the rest of our purpose. Yeah, it's so interesting because I, and I hadn't got a chance to tell you this yet, uh, but I got a text from Jason uh, Brule on, I guess it was yesterday afternoon, and he had picked up a copy of The Pursuit of Holiness on his way through the yeah. lobby because we had some sitting out and had already started reading it and had just he just texted to say this book is fantastic and yeah. you know I'm I'm looking forward to sharing it with my folks and yeah. um, I think the same thing is is true for all of our folks and and I couldn't agree more too about what you said about watching just watching Eric and, and Lincoln mm -hmm. and Nate um, and just kind of seeing what it's like to have uh, you know music worship leadership mm -hmm. from just just three guys that are part Part of our church, you know, yeah. they do they serve in that way week in and week out? Yeah, of course they do. That's where God has gifted them, and that's their talent. But it's neat to be able to see that we could do that, mm -hmm. you know, just for for ourselves and for our men. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just a special, it was a special thing. Well, uh, if you are listening to this and you attended the men's weekend, thank you so much. You know, we're we're grateful for you being here. We hope you got a ton out of it. You'll be getting a survey. Uh, this week to give us feedback. And, and I hope uh, if, if you're a, a man and you're listening to this and you didn't attend, I hope you'll also provide us feedback. We, we would love to know why you weren't able to make it and what we can do uh, to, to just to, to make it more available to, to folks next year. And so, but, but it was a fantastic weekend. Thank you and Blake so much for the work that you put into it. Uh, many thanks to, to Kevin and so many other people that helped with food and all yeah. kinds of stuff that just made it great. And I did, you know, we talked about this last week and I just wanted to confirm for all of our listeners that Blake did reach his goal of eating at least three half chickens. I think he said he ate two whole chickens. Yeah. Um, I so can believe it. The chickens were absolutely they, amazing. They were fantastic. They were amazing. I, but, but I stopped at two halves. Like, you know, there's <laughs> two whole chickens. Is, that's a lot of chicken. That's a lot of chicken. A lot of bird. <laughs> a lot of bird. So that was, that was fantastic. That was Friday night and Saturday. And then Sunday, you know, was just a wonderful morning of worship. We see, you know, as always... Uh, just see seeing decisions made mm -hmm. to follow Christ yeah. is just so uh, it's so special. You know, I think we're blessed to just be in the particular place that we're in. We're blessed in you know the teaching of God's word, but we're blessed in the way that God is moving just in our our time yeah. and our place that we get to see. Uh, you know, regularly there be Sundays where people are making decisions to follow Christ. I think it's. I think sometimes people miss that that is uh, that that's special, and yeah. we get used to seeing it. But that's that it's not typical, and yeah. uh, and we're in a special place. I so appreciated uh, the testimony related to our brother Carl, our new brother Carl. Uh, not not to be confused with our old brother Carl. Our old brother Carl, our 
our seasoned brother Carl, <laughs> but uh, one of our young men that has started coming to Hepzibah and made a profession of faith yesterday, after talking with Don Musgrave and after some conversation, after someone engaged him with yeah. the and gospel. A, a, and a relatively, you know, a relatively new believer in, in yeah. Janessa who just, right. you know, you know, took the opportunity to share at her work and then invite somebody, um, and we see the fruit that that bears out. Absolutely, and you know, and I think that's one of those those cool things in that even like so, uh, you know, Carl as was as was shared yesterday as a piano player. Well, Janessa was immediately brought him to me and was like, "You need to hear him play because there's something in calling out." in others yeah. and helping to be able to, to reach other others, reach their potential and to see that. And I'll be honest with you, my conversations with Carl to see the joy on his face as he makes music and talks about learning how to do more, but it just, you know, I think it was said during the weekend, the enemy wants to isolate us. Mm -hmm. The enemy wants us to, um, to think that we're the only ones in a particular situation or whatever. And even in our socially media connected age, there is so much loneliness and so much isolation. But but life comes whenever we rub elbows and we talk people talk to people face to face, and we ask some of the hard questions. And for some of us, the hard question is, do you know Jesus? Have you ever had an encounter with the one that gives life? Yeah. And um, and if we've had that. We should really, really be praying about the boldness to be able to speak it. I mean, I know we're coming up on what for us as a church is a is a huge season of invitation as people think about Easter and yep. bringing people. Um, there is somebody that needs to hear from you. There's somebody that needs to understand that you're not perfect. You are you are in the pursuit of holiness. You're you're pursuing the relationship with God with God with Christ and you're going to mis make mistakes because we're all in that same situation. There's hope, there's grace. And so come hang out with a bunch of other messed up people <laughs> and realize that we're in this thing together. Um, but there's hope in Jesus Christ. And so um, that's, that's just exciting when you see that. And when you see people that are drawn to be a part of what God is doing. Oh, and then we had our next steps luncheon yesterday with a bunch of new members. Yeah. 11. Yeah, 11, 11. 11 folks that have been through that class, so the first time we've ever offered it on Wednesday night, which was super cool because yeah. it turns out that's a fantastic time to uh, yeah. for a lot of folks to meet, and because we have Awana and we have uh, you know students for you know the older mm -hmm. kids, and uh, it just works out as a great time for families, and we had a luncheon with, with 11 new folks mm -hmm. in it, which is, which is great. And we've got more people that are ready for the next round. I mean, yeah, this yeah. <laughs> is, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and I'm encouraged, you know, there are so many people that would question, um, you know, why do I have to become a part of the church? Why do yeah. I join the church? We talked about that at my table. I don't know if y'all had any of that conversation, yeah. but we were actually having some of that at the table. But go ahead, what were you yeah. saying? Yeah, well, but, but the idea that, you know, we have people that have been wounded by the church, that have been hurt, by that, that don't necessarily are not attracted to an organization, well, this isn't an organization. This is an organism. This is a living body, and and truthfully, we we grow together. We hold one another mm. accountable. Um, it's not the legalistic, 
you know, I'm a member of the church, so I can vote on things at the church, and I can have, you know. <laughs> but it is to say, I want to be a part of this body that's going to help me grow, and two, I get to be a part of helping the church grow. Yeah. You know, and and leading and teaching and serving. And, you know, I think it is so funny that so many of our people, that when they join, when they become a part of Hepzibah Baptist Church, that we're finding like, oh, I thought you were already a member <laughs> because you were already serving. You, I mean, I, I, I had an, uh, an audition with a musician the other day, and it's like, yeah, I'm not a member yet, but we're going for the next round of, new, of next steps. So it's like, okay. All right, we'll put you in. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. I think we do, a, you know, we do an excellent job as a church, just trying to get people plugged in, you know, connected in a connect group. We try mm-hmm. to get them involved in serving where uh, where they're able, and sometimes, you know, that happens before, you know, long before they ever actually, Absolutely. you know, walk down an aisle and join. And you know, but even then, because uh, I, I have regularly, I have some of those folks in our in our next steps class. Even then, like just to take a, take four weeks and to just talk about like what is it that we believe about church? Because Absolutely. I don't I don't know whether people know that or not, but that's really what our next steps class is. It's not you know it's not a manual on you know how to be part of a church. It is really what does the Bible say about church? What do we believe is right. the mandate that that God has has given us? And how does how do each of us individually, like you said, it's a living organism. How do each of us individually play our part? in the body so that we we grow and serve together. So coming out of that, even if people have been around for, you know, a year or more, uh, they're still getting, you know, tons out of it, and they're still being challenged to think about the church maybe differently than many of us were were raised to. Yeah, because so often that idea of being a part of the church is you walk up front, you make a decision, you attend, you you check off the little box on your pink offering envelope, uh, and and then you're a part of the church. And we know in this day and age, we know in the Bible, there is so much more yeah. to follow in Christ. And so, um, thankfully, uh, so many are moving beyond just that little pink envelope Christianity. It'd be a great name for a book. <laughs> <laughs> moving beyond the, the pink envelope. <laughs> yes. that's the, Hey, that's... Jot that down, Becca. We need to write that. <laughs> yeah, that I, and and I think you know one of the ways that just as we kind of round out the weekend, one of the other ways that we saw that happen was, you know, uh, yesterday evening, uh, Sunday night on mm-hmm. you know on the first of what will be our uh, advanced leadership development uh, institute, Aldi. You know, Aldi. I'm, I'm gonna keep calling it Aldi till it sticks. Mike I, says yeah. every time John says it, he says Aldi, but I call it the ALD initiative, and I'm like, well, that's the same thing. It's it's Aldi. It's Aldi. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm gonna keep. It's calling how it it's that. in my calendar, truthfully. <laughs> it's Aldi. But you know, we're just thinking about what our obligation is to help develop. You know the people in our congregation, and our, in not just in our congregation, and our church plants, but not just in those places, but in our other uh, sister churches that are in the community. And how do we develop uh, people that are, you know, our leaders or people that are, are aspiring leaders? There was right. a gentleman there last night that you know from one of the neighboring churches that said, "I don't even. I'm not really sure why I'm here. My pastor asked me to come." You know, I've I've, I've uh, came to Christ a few years ago. I'm not leading anywhere yet, but I think I think He has it in His mind that He wants me to lead somewhere, yes. and so I'm I'm here to grow. And I'm like, well, praise the Lord, that's yeah. fantastic. He showed up. That was good. Uh, that <laughs> he showed up and he's there to grow. And this this first one, you know, the pilot that we're doing is on spiritual warfare and suffering, and so 
Um, I, I was thinking about just, in fact, what you were saying just a minute ago about, you know, sort of the enemy's objectives. And that kind of was a theme through the weekend because we mm-hmm. talked about it with the men as part of holiness. But that was actually also part of our conversation on Sunday night as we're learning mm-hmm. about, you know, what are what are the ways that we engage in this spiritual warfare and how so much of the battle is, is so often mental. Um, and one of my, well, I just had to look back at my notes because you said something that reminded me of something I wrote down, you know, because it's, you know, one of the things we talked about is how do we respond when we're facing, you know, this, this spiritual warfare and especially in, you know, in the way of discouragement and anxiety mm-hmm. and the, so, so many of the ways that, that the enemy seems to attack us. And one of the points specifically was don't isolate yourself. This is exactly what the enemy wants. And you mentioned, right. you know, right. how isolation is a lot of times the way that, uh, the way that he drives, you know, a wedge you know, between us and the body. So it was just neat to see that theme just kind of carried through the whole weekend and to think about that we had a room full of people that wanted to sign up and learn about something that um, quite often is, is some something that we don't talk about probably enough. And I think quite often is something that people don't recognize that they're uh, that they're being attacked until like it's, you know, blatant. Uh, yeah. and they don't, they don't, they miss all the subtle things and they miss that they're in a battle. And so they don't know how to respond or on the other extreme. And we kind of talked about this last night is like, we don't see suffering as part of our Christian journey. And so then when we do suffer, we sort of like, we assume something's wrong as opposed to suffering is a, just a natural part of, you know, following right. Christ. We've been called to suffer as he suffers. And so how do we, how do we navigate that? Any, anything that you thought was particularly impactful for you last night with the leadership development? Well, as we got into the, uh, the teaching time, I think it was so, so good to hear. And, you know, sometimes in our particular faith tradition, we don't talk about spiritual warfare. You know, we don't talk about the fact that there is an enemy and, and he is seeking uh, to take us out. And the idea that, you know, we are all, and I've heard the quote before that says, be gentle, everyone you meet is fighting a battle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't own up to the battle. Sometimes we don't own up to, and, and I think even in last night, the idea of how do I discern what is suffering and how do I discern what is spiritual warfare to be able to look and say, okay, this is a normal part of the journey. Um, you know, the, 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 the brokenness, the suffering comes with the identity in Christ. But there's also this spiritual warfare. There's something going on that I need to be able to, to pray against, work against. And so I'm excited. I mean, we just really, we just really got started. Uh, we've got a book we're reading and some other materials. And one of the things we're doing is actively engaging um, in spiritual warfare with the gospel yeah. and being able to engage in some gospel conversations uh, over the course <laughs> of these weeks. And I'm just telling you, um, this this process, we were talking about it, it's not for, it's not a Sunday morning class. It's no. not a Wednesday night class. It is, it is, okay, I'm taking this to the next level. Leaders are not developed by just listening to a podcast, no, you know, nothing wrong with a podcast, but <laughs> keep listening. Yeah. Listening to a podcast and, 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 and thinking about it, right. Pondering it. Uh, leadership is made really in, um, in, in, in not only taking in the information, but then, uh, processing that, living it out, walking it out. And sometimes that really gets difficult, especially when you're encountering your brothers and your sisters, 
and we're all on the, all the process. We're all growing, and it's messy. Yeah, a le- a leadership, you know, the way we grow is is in the doing, right? Like, it's in you the know, doing. You, you learn something new, and then you do it. Yep. Uh, and that's how you learn to do it better. And I, I do love that there's such a practical component with all of these uh, ALD uh, courses. And, and you mentioned that the one for this one is just some intentional uh, gospel sharing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I was thinking about it last night as we were talking through it, and I was thinking, you know, uh, if you don't believe that there is spiritual warfare or you just haven't seen it, uh, this is a great way to, to to open your eyes to it. Because if you get out there trying to to share the gospel with some people that are around you, there certainly is going to be uh, there is going to be some some peeling back of the uh, yeah. of the eyes so that you can see uh, the the attacks that you're under, even if it's just you know your time or you know whether you whether you even feel like it. Like those are all ways that that the enemy tries to prevent us from doing uh, the things that we've been we've been called to do. So, yeah. So what a what a fantastic weekend! Again, it was, it was. just it was just super full. Um, you know, I, I want to use the bulk of the rest of our time to just talk about uh, to talk about our music ministry. We started talking yeah. about it uh, the other week, and you know, I, again, I think it's one of those topics where um, you know I don't have I love music. I mean, you know that about me. <laughs> I do. I, yeah. I, I love music, but I don't have any musical ability at all. And so I, I want to take advantage of having you here to just kind of kind of pick your brain and like help our listeners really think through uh, why it is that we do what we do. Cause they may not realize, but we've made really intentional choices right. about the type of music that we do, the songs that we sing um, and you know, what our philosophy, you know, is around worship music, especially. Uh, and that impacts what they see when they come Absolutely. in here. That might be different than what they would see if they would go to a, a different church. It's different yeah. than what they hear if they, listen to the radio sometimes. So maybe that's a good place to start. Like stylistically, you know, also I think, you know, our theology has a big, you know, impact on it. Like how do we end up in the the worship that we do? What goes into figuring out like what a Sunday morning looks like here at Hepzibah? Well, it's interesting because, you know, you can go to a, a church that has a more formal type of worship and they have what they call a liturgy, and they go through that liturgy every week, and they repeat it, and it's it's known. Every church has that, even Baptist churches. We have our liturgy. You know, it used to be you'd walk in, and you know the choir would come in, and there'd be a call to worship, and then a prayer, and then we'd sing two hymns, and then the children's sermon, and you kind of go through, and it becomes very predictable. Um, and 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 so we even have that too. You know, we 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 have forms that we know connect and are effective. Uh, sometimes we like to try to mix that up a little bit. You know, we do that with the Lord's Supper. We worship at the conclusion of the service. So we mix things up. But the the main thing is this. We want, when we come in that room, to draw people's hearts, their attention upward to where the focus is God, the focus is King Jesus, and then we want to sing about what he has done. We want to sing the gospel I had a friend of mine, a mentor, a pastor one time, who said, I don't care what you sing. This was in the days of early praise and worship, and it was like, you know, we don't sing enough hymns, we don't sing enough this. And and he was my supervisor on our staff, and he said, Kevin, I don't care what we sing as long as it has the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that registered with me because I thought that's the criteria. As long as the gospel, and, you know, I love songs of testimony. Uh, when we stepped out of ministry and went to receive ministry, 
um, we were in a church that all of a sudden we were hearing songs that had testimony about what God had done. And there is something like mm-hmm. we talk about isolation. When I hear and I see people worship with testimony, that's a huge part of what I want us to be able to do. Um, you know, we sang yesterday, I trust in God, my Savior. Yeah. I sought the Lord, and that's testimony. Yeah, and there I sought is the n- Lord, and he, and he answered. And he answered. And, and to be able to look out and see people that, yeah, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. It's what we get to declare. It's what we get to sing. And, you know, stylistically, we are led by a band, uh, we are, I was listening to music actually this morning that we're thinking towards songs we're going to be doing for jam camp this summer. Hmm. And, you know, there was some rap and some stuff that's like, okay, do we, are we going to do that? We're probably not going to do that on a Sunday morning because that's not how we're tooled right now. That's not how we're, you know, but to be able to say, okay, we're going to use the band. We're going to use vocals. Um, I, I pray that there'll be opportunity to use some spoken word in there and some just different things. But to be able to come together, it's hugely important for me uh, that we sing together. Um, and it always hurts my heart when I see people stand with their coffee cups and their mouths closed. Um, but it it hurts my heart, but it makes me want to say, okay, what's going to connect them to the Lord? I'll be honest with you. There is one of those things of we need to be listening somewhere, sometimes during the week, we need to listen to something other than Taylor Swift or other than, you know, our, our country like, artists that I we that, love. I know we probably have a bunch of T-Swift fans on uh, out there. Exactly. If, if, if nobody else than just, you know, my daughters, but still. Exactly. I mean, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong. You know, the Duke Ellington's theology of music was if it sounds good, it is good. And so there's a lot of good stuff that's enjoyable. God gave us music. But if all I've listened to is the playlist that's going to give me uh, the jams, and I haven't spent any time focusing my heart. I mean, music is a, music is a powerful language, yeah. And so, if I haven't spent any time digesting worship and praise, and then turning that upward, um, then when I come to a place where that's the the that's the meal that's set before you it may or may not be my thing. And so that would be my encouragement for our folks is, and, 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 you know, we have, and we can make sure we can include the link uh, to where our Spotify playlist, actually I can include the link to our new Spotify playlist, which is our 2024 songs. So uh, let's talk about this for a second. Cause like, I just had a super interesting thought that, that occurred while you were sharing that. And like, you know, these are all things that I think like cognitively I know, but it just hadn't really occurred to me is that like, even if you think about, you know, what it's like to introduce a new song that we haven't sung before and how there's like some level of, you know, unfamiliarity, like when we first introduce it and it takes a little while for people to, you know, engage, we have to do it multiple times before people really engage it. And I was just thinking like, okay, well, some of that is actually impacted by what I'm listening to when I'm not here, because if I'm already familiar with the song, like I'm much more likely to engage and to be able to understand what the words are and to right. be, to know what it is I'm singing. Like, I think that's the thing that happens that as we listen to, to music, you know, regularly throughout our week is that like, we've already been able to sort of process some of the theology behind it. And, and, right. and maybe this is just me, like, and, you know, maybe I'm just wired that way, but like the first time I listen to something, I am like thinking, okay, 
is what I'm singing, you know, if it's worship, is, is what I'm right. singing biblical, is right. is what I'm singing the the true and accurate testimony of who Christ is, who God is, what he what he has done, what he will do. Like I'm trying to process those things as I'm singing. And sure. so it's hard to engage, you know, it's hard to really engage in a worshipful way while my mind is like running through all of those things. But if I've heard something before and has, has sort of gotten a chance to to just get in my bloodstream, mm-hmm. I guess for lack That's of a true, better yeah. wor- you know word. It, then when you sing it in worship, you're able to you're able to really engage in a, in a worshipful way. I think it's why we get the request frequently. Can we sing some more hymns? Because when you think about okay, I'm an old soul. I grew up. I was the youngest grandchild from seven children. I grew up around older people and older things. And, and of course, church in that day and age, we had hymns. It's what we had. You know, we might sing a chorus and bust out every day with Jesus on occasion, but, um, but that's what we did. And so we knew those even last night, uh, in our, in our Aldi session, got it in there. Um, you know, we're looking at the passage that says, I know what, whom I have believed and I'm able to that he's going to keep it till that. And, and I started singing the hymn in my head, you know, it's because that's, that's instilled in me. And, and so to be able to understand that, yeah, that's why we do that. But then to also, I mean, I woke up this morning and I had truthfully, I had one of Eric Dixon's songs in my head that he had led at the women's weekend that I have on the 2024 playlist. And it was like, okay, that's that's the more that's what I'm waking up with this morning, and that's yeah. where I'm going to spend some time. And so the things that you steep your mind in, and, and I'll be honest with you, there are people, and there are songs that sometimes by the time they make it to our playlist, our Sunday morning playlist, they've already been on K Love and on the radio stations and whatever, and people know them. And so when we think, matter of fact, I got in the habit of saying of not saying, okay, here's a new song, because invariably I say, here's a new song. It's new to us, but half the congregation knows it because they listen to Christian radio. Christian radio does not program our worship. That's, I want that to be very clear. Christian radio, that's, it's a money thing. Let's just understand that. But there are some things that we will appropriate that are good songs that are congregational. My big thing is I want us to sing songs that everybody can sing. Yeah, you know some songs are great for your drive time, but they're not great for a room of three hundred people to try to sing on. And so, well, and, you know, and I think like I that. think that's yeah, it's both you know musically, artistically, but it's you know theologically as well, theologically, right? Like there's a lot yeah. of things in in Christian radio that that I would listen to and enjoy just yep. as someone who enjoys music, but I would never suggest that we that right. we sing it for worship because it just doesn't rise to the bar of, mm. you know, of corporate worship music. That yeah. doesn't make it any less good music. It doesn't make it any less artistic. Mm. It doesn't make it any less God-honoring, but it just doesn't meet the high standard that right. is our corporate worship. And I, I think that's one of the things that we've had to do over the last you know, few years is just say like, you know, okay, there's, there's a lot of things out there that are great that just aren't going to meet our standard. How, how do you, how do you walk that? How do you navigate that? A lot of it is looking at obviously what's the biblical truth that's there. I do love songs of testimony. I think that they, you know, and I'll be honest with you, the cream usually rises to the top. And so as I'm talking with other worship leaders, as I see 
what is going to be out there. There are some songs, and, and I'll be honest with you, rubbing shoulders with other worship leaders helps hmm. because it's like I have brought several songs into our worship catalog that I learned from hanging out with David Loftus over at Central because he listens. I told him one day, I said, you listen, you get your stuff from a different uh, stream, different <laughs> fount than I, do, than I do, and I'm, I'm liking some of this. And so to be able to listen and just see, wow, this is singable. It's going to stay with me. The melodies are singable. One of the big things, and I hear it globally, put it in a key that I can sing it in, you know, <laughs> because if it's too high... Uh, now, I, I may take it too low because I'm a baritone, so I like the low stuff. But but to be able to put it in a, sing, a, 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 a key and to have a range. I mean, yesterday we sang How Great Thou Art. How Great Thou Art is notoriously hard to sing because the verses go way low and the chorus goes way high. Well, there's a lot of that in contemporary praise and worship. So how often are we going to do that? What what There are all of these elements that come in. And, and then let's not exclude the Holy Spirit. Hmm. There are so many times when uh, what I put down weeks in advance as we see what Aaron's going to be preaching, and I, I'll say, okay, these are the songs we're going to do. And the band knows. they you know Kevin may change it uh, on Thursday at rehearsal because he spent more time with it or whatever. But um, as I've spent time, and then Aaron preaches the word that he has spent time with the Lord on, hmm. And it's like all of a sudden I'm singing lyrics and it's like, oh wow. That that scripture or that 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 verse from that song matches with what God's word says. And to me, that's when, and then it doesn't show on my face, it doesn't that's when in worship it's like, oh wow. Yeah. Thank you, God. You're that's a Holy Spirit moment for me to realize that he's marrying. He's he is actually the one who created the recipe for what we're <laughs> what we're dining on that day. And, and and I love it when that happens, but you know, uh yesterday we sang old songs because it was what it was where the Lord led and we had some sweet worship. We had sing, sang some new songs. Um I I do just believe there's such a wide variety. We have and, and we have an eclectic congregation. Yeah. I mean, we are not a, a senior adult congregation. We are not a young adult congregation. We are a little of everything. And so to be able to say, okay, we're going to put something on the plate that everybody can enjoy at some point, but more often than not, it's just spending time with the Lord. And and I, being an old soul, I always like to bring fresh stuff in, probably more so. I, I try to push that because it pushes me personally. Yeah. So I like I like singing, and, and you know, and we've sung some songs that you've sent me. Uh, so we've sung some songs that Aaron has sent me, although not as many. I don't know why he, he sends me these songs, and you know, they're, they're um, good. It's just like it, it's this is always the game. Like it's like yeah. okay, when when I send Kevin a song, it's like when are we gonna sing? When it? will it show up? <laughs> could be could be four months, could be a year. You know, it just but has it's to just work make it, it into the it has to work it into the rotation. In. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, one thing that I just wanted to kind of maybe pick your brain on, and maybe this is where we can work to wrap up, yeah. uh, is, you know, this is obviously really different from just, you know, the way, the the style we worship in, while it's not, you know, smoke and lights no. and, you know, all of those kind of things, it's also not what you grew up in. It's not how no. you, you know, most of your experience was. It's not how you were trained, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, it's not what you're 
childhood and upbringing was. So right. first off, just give folks a little bit of background on, on, you know, your, yeah. you know, your personal, you know, way that you were raised in your style and sort of training, and then maybe talk about what it's like to, you know, to, to lead a ministry that is, is different than, you know, than the style that you were raised up in. Well, it's funny because most people don't know that I'm a classically trained organist and, so when I was a child, I came up at First Baptist Church, uh, and I, that was what I wanted to do, and that's what I actually did. Just insert any town there. Just First Baptist insert Church, any town. First Baptist, First Church, Baptist any Church. Any Church. Yep. Uh, and, well, it was actually my hometown, Murfreesboro, <laughs> Tennessee, and it's college town. Yeah. So it was even more First Baptist Church than you know. And I still love that church. I love those people there. Um, organ, piano, choirs. Um, Robes and all. Robes and all. To this day, still robes and all. And, I mean, I had some neat opportunities in my college days as an organist. And then one day um, when I I was serving in a church in Alabama, and our singles pastor handed me a cassette. For those of you that don't know, a cassette... (laughs) It's a magnetic tape that holds music. It's um, right after 8-track, right before CD. Exactly. <laughs> and handed me this con- uh, this cassette, and on the, the label he had written the word passion. And he said, you need to listen to this. And it was music from the Passion Conference wow. in Atlanta, like early days, like, you know, We Fall Down and, and those kinds of things. And I listened to that cassette and it was like, where has this music been all my life? <laughs> you know, <laughs> where has this, because it was this heart of worship um, that that I just, I... I, I no, no pun intended, because that is a song. That is that a song was about that from time. that era, yeah. <laughs> it, there was, well, and it's funny, because John Glover, who was the minister of music with Charles Stanley for years... Uh, when when Charles Stanley went to First Baptist Atlanta, they were First Baptist, and they were doing high church stuff. And Charles Stanley said, no, I want us to sing heart music. Well, for them, that meant Southern gospel, okay? And so they started singing the gospel hymns and that kind of thing. And so much to their worship pastors against his training, he learned this, but then he learned that God used it. Hmm. And I think it was so so much the same for me that, I mean, my tradition, my parents were divorced. Mom was First Baptist Church. Dad was... Hillview Baptist Church out in the country, and that's where I got my, my gaither on, you know. Um, so I have a little bit of both, but truthfully, Hepzibah is the first church that I've served where I have really had to develop my band skills. Hmm. This has been where I have learned the language of band, and, um, you know, I'm a choir guy, and I still see the value in a choir. But I've also learned that there's power, and you can use the the band, the vocals. Um, it's it's all part of God's God's wonderful palette. Um, now you know, I still love a choir. Matter of fact, Monday night, November uh, February twelfth, we're hosting a choir. North North Carolina Baptist yeah, that's, Singers. That's next next Monday. Next Monday, North Carolina Baptist Singers and Orchestra, and they were looking for a place to come and. Uh, and I said, come to Hepzibah, because they're going to be about 80 singers. We've about 45 in the choir. And, and I'm going to say why, why I invited them is because the Holy Spirit's been moving in this group, and their life of worship over the last two or three years 
when they lead worship, they lead with authority and power. Hmm. Now, the band, the orchestra, they play some Southern gospel. The choir sings a couple of pieces that are like more literature, but then they let loose and they start worshiping. And I'll be honest with you, I just encourage everybody, if you have a thought of what you think it's going to be, come, because you're going to be surprised because the point is not the fact that it's a singer, a choir, and orchestra. It's mm-hmm. that we're worshiping Jesus, and it's it's amazing. And truthfully, every concert they've had, the room has been packed, standing room only. Uh, we've never hosted anything this large at our church as far as the setup and everything. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to get to do it. Um, they're going to be here all day Monday preparing. But that is stylistically different than what we do. Even when we have a choir on Sundays, it's not a performance choir. It's a worship-leading choir. Yeah. And that's, that is, there's this idea that we are all singing for the audience of one. There are some songs, you know, talking about songs that are appropriate or not. There are some songs that are performance songs, and there are times when we sing those and you just sit and take it in. But then there are times, most of the time, where we as the body need to sing and engage. And truthfully, the choir is God's idea. Having a group of people up there to lead, uh, it's warfare, truthfully. If you look in Scripture, you see the, the, the musicians led into battle, which is really totally opposite of anything we would ever put on screen, on screen in Hollywood. Put, put the musicians out front. Put the musicians out front. You yeah. know, I, I think it's really, it's really interesting because... You know, thinking about an orchestra and a choir and what's going to happen next Monday night here, like it, it, it kind of takes me back to where we started this conversation. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about, you know, looking out across, you know, across the congregation and just wanting to see people worship. And and I and and I really think that this it it's such a heart. Uh, it's such yes. a heart issue because you wouldn't you wouldn't think you know I'm gonna go to an orchestra and it's gonna be this interactive worshipful thing. Right. You you think of that as a performance, and I think sometimes that's that's the challenge on Sunday morning when you have a band is that people people think they're there for a performance, right? And that's right. not what they're there for. They're there to worship, and and so I think there's some exciting stuff about just being able to do this next Monday and to be able mm-hmm. to worship together and to sing and to hear all of these voices and to recognize that 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 needs to fuel how our Sunday morning worship is. It it is something that we all participate in, and it's sweeter when we're all participating in it. And it's not just Mm -hmm. a band that's leading us, but it's like, no, this is, they're just there to, to, you know, so that you don't have to listen to me. Like, that's what they're there (laughs) for, so that you don't have to hear me singing over the crowd. Yeah, Uh, our band is there as the accompaniment. Yeah. For the congregational choir. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. that's what it it is. Yeah, Yeah. that's, that's fantastic. Well, so... You know, I just I just wanted to wrap by saying, you know, I know that you uh, you you mentioned we're starting back up with Amplify yeah. to to raise up you know new musicians, and I think we're doing something a little bit different in extending that beyond uh, beyond just young people. Right? Yeah, Amplify last season was preteens and young young teens, and and we realized that uh, in a congregation our size, we've got a lot of people. And I'll be honest with you, I had two of our next steps people that came to me yesterday at lunch and said, tell me more about this because I play or I've got kids that want to learn. There are people out there that play guitar, that sing, that play keyboard, that have some level of, of, of ability but want to go more, want to go deeper, maybe want to get into a worship band scenario. 
Uh, and that's what Amplify is for. And so I would just encourage everybody, the information will be out this week to sign up. This week is an all-call we want anybody to come learn what we're going to be doing. And then we're going to be breaking up into some labs over the coming weeks where it'll be drums, it'll be acoustic guitar, it'll be keys, it'll be vocals to where you can, everybody kind of focuses on that one area for that day. And so, and then hopefully then we'll put some pieces together and maybe put some bands together out of that just for our own enjoyment and uh, we'll end the end the season in May with a, a cookout and a family kind of worship event. And so about eight weeks is what we're looking at. I mean, here we are at top of February. Um, so we're going to squeeze this in. Um, but it's an opportunity for not only our students, but for adults that want to um, to become a part. So, you know, the information is going to be out on the app. It's going to be out on the website, social media, so that you can sign up. Um, and if in doubt, you can reach out to me. And all, all ages, all abilities, welcome. Yes. Okay. So yep. even even me, even you. There is a <laughs> I place. Did, for I did. I did have a guitar once when I was twelve, and tried really hard to learn to play it, and I couldn't. So yeah, I, I was the same way. I have short, fat fingers. I didn't work. It was. It was never the. Uh, it was never the pressing of the strings. It's. I'm just rhythmically challenged, uh, as anybody that knows me knows. So that actually turns out that's necessary in the guitar as well. That that is. It's very. It's, <laughs> yes. Very much so. So th- thank you so much, Kevin, yeah. for for joining us this morning. Thanks for just giving us um, such a such a great look into what goes into what we do from a, a music ministry and, and what goes into our worship. And, you know, I, I hope you guys that are listening are just challenged to think about your own personal worship, you yeah. know, before you get here on Sunday morning, you know, if, if you don't like what we sing on Sunday morning, I, I am truly sorry. I, I would love for everybody to be able to engage, but, but I think most often the challenge is like, have I come into this with a worshipful heart? Is my Sunday morning experience a result of the overflow of my worship during the week, or am I just expecting that that it's a performance? And I think you challenged folks to just be thinking about like how how am I worshiping already before we yeah. get there, and then and then collectively let's all let's all come together and, and worship together. Well, this has been HBC's M Five Podcast, and until next week, don't forget that last M: go and make disciples. Mm-hmm.